Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast for researchers who want to be more productive and achieve real-world impacts from their research. Hello, and thank you for tuning back in to the second episode of my third series. Um, it's been a, a fun few weeks. I've uh, been, um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, discussing with a bunch of people uh, their impacts. Uh, and interestingly, uh, what I'm calling unsung impacts. Uh, so those incredible things that you do that uh, change the world for one person, <laughs> that, that transform that one person's life, uh, that, that you couldn't ever prove was purely down to your research and that therefore you'll never submit to any kind of research assessment, but that actually are hugely inspirational and motivational for you. Uh, I think we're so focused on the shortlist of the most significant and far-reaching impacts um, at this point, um, certainly in the UK, in the research excellence framework cycle, that we lose sight of these fundamentally important things. And just because something has an impact, but it's not good enough uh, in terms of its reach, significance or evidence to make it into a shortlist for F doesn't mean that this is not something that we should celebrate uh, and be proud of and, and draw inspiration from. So uh, I want to celebrate your unsung impact. Uh, so if you have any ideas, things that, uh, that you can't prove, that you uh, still have a, a very strong suspicion made a difference, that, that are just that little bit too small, um, but that are still for you hugely inspirational, then please get in touch. I would love to find out more and, and just probe and ask you a few questions. Um, uh, I, um, I'm going to be launching this uh, very soon now um, uh, with a wee form so to make this easier. At this point, I'm just um, putting out there to, to try and get, get ideas from you. Um, but, uh, but very soon, I'll, I'll have this on, on the website. Um, uh, and ideas about how I can celebrate this more as well. Uh, I'm getting so many ideas coming in now that, uh, that, that I'm kind of thinking, yeah, this is going to be a bit of a database. And you know what? That is all of a sudden really boring. And I'm no longer celebrating it. I'm just documenting stuff. Um, so uh, any creative ideas uh, about how we can, as a community, to come together to celebrate the, the breadth and diversity and depth of incredible things that you're all doing, uh, whether or not they're going to be measured uh, officially by anyone, please, please do let me know. In this week's episode, I want to go into how we can use the power of story to not just communicate our impacts. I think many of us are aware of the power of stories and the science behind stories when it comes to writing um, keynote speeches, uh, writing blogs, articles, etc. So that, that's cool. Um, but what I want to do is to actually step a, step a few steps back in the, the research impact process and say, might we actually be able to use the characteristics of stories that work to generate far more powerful and effective impacts that actually work, that actually change lives, that has significance, that has scale? And uh, what I'd like to do is to go to the key features of um, a story that has been told for millennia. Uh, since before the written word, uh, we as human beings conveyed knowledge through stories. 
Uh, there are many people who are much cleverer than I who have studied uh, the, the stories that we tell um, through history and in modern culture to identify these archetypical uh, stories. And one of the archetypes is the hero's journey. Um, and I'm going to use this hero's journey as a, a way of explaining how you can plan for and create impacts that really resonate and actually go all the way through from that germ of an idea to something that actually changes the world. So uh, this is a, a, an abbreviated form of the hero's story. Um, and I'm going to tell you what it is very briefly, and then I'm going to illustrate how uh, I think uh, we can um, uh, we, we can use this. I'll give you two stories of my own. Uh, I've got two impact case studies that I'm working on at the moment. Uh, I'm doing lots of impactful things, um, but two of them I'm harvesting and, and evidencing and, and really trying to shape up as a case study that I can then put into the Research Excellence Framework. So uh, they're both very different, so I'll, I'll give you a flavour of just uh, for very different types of impacts and pathways, that, how you can use this as a method. Um, I'm also going to illustrate it with, uh, with Lord of the Rings, because uh, that for me is the, uh, the, the classic hero's story. Um, uh, and uh, I'm also quite limited. I have to say, I don't um, uh, perhaps read as broadly as I should. Uh, I certainly don't watch enough films. So uh, the, I was thinking I should use something like Star Wars or, or something that, that absolutely everyone will surely have, uh, have seen. Um, and I have to confess, I have not actually watched Star Wars. Yeah, don't, don't lynch me. This is true. I have not watched Star Wars. Um, uh, yes, uh, an atrophied childhood perhaps, but, uh, but this is true. Uh, I have, however, uh, watched Lord of the Rings multiple times and read the books multiple times. So I'm going to use that as my story to, to explain how, how this works um, that you will all understand, hopefully. Uh, so apologizes, uh, I apologize if you've not read that. Um, so the hero's story uh, is, in a nutshell, a character who has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan of action and calls them to a specific action that then helps them avoid failure and ends in success. Seven key points. Um, I know you can divide this up into many more if you want. There are more complicated hero's stories uh, out there. Uh, but, uh, but this is a really basic version of this, which I'm going to use. So let's, let's look at the first one, which is there is a character. Uh, and the, the key point here is that this is the, the hero's story. Uh, and so your character is the hero, not you. And I think one of the first mistakes that, that we make uh, when we're pursuing a, a pathway to impact is that actually for, for us, it, it, it's all about us. We are that hero. We are the one who is going to save the world through our research. Um, and, um, and, and actually, the reality is that the hero of uh, an impact story that really resonates, that gets scale, people really latch onto, um, is those people outside the academy. Uh, it is those publics who change what they're doing and collectively come together to do something incredible. It is those stakeholders who now, as a result of your research, change their worlds or the world. And so uh, the, the first step in, in our hero story is to realize that you, in fact, need to take on the role of the guide in the story, not the hero. Uh, and as a researcher, you can guide multiple heroes to their own hero's uh, ending. 
So uh, if you look at uh, the Lord of the Rings, this uh, is uh, Frodo Baggins is our, our hero, our character, uh, the unlikely hero who just is a normal person uh, or hobbit in his case. Uh, nothing special about him. Um, and many of the publics we work with will feel very similarly humble. Um, uh, many of the stakeholders may not believe that they can change their company, uh, their organization, their worlds, their customers, their stakeholders. Um, uh, but um, uh, in Lord of the Rings, uh, there is also Gandalf, and Gandalf, Gandalf is the guide. Uh, and the key point is that this is a story about Frodo, who comes from obscurity, overcomes all of these challenges, and succeeds in achieving this 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 goal and becomes the hero. Uh, the story is not about Gandalf. Uh, Gandalf is a crucial part of that story, but he is the guide. So position yourself as the guide, not the hero. In my uh, two examples, I'll give you the, the first, which is uh, research that I've been doing over the last uh, decade or two on peatland, um, mainly in the UK to start with, but now internationally. Uh, and uh, I'd have got two heroes uh, of, of my story, uh, and those are government and business. So uh, what I'm trying to achieve here is to restore the peatlands of the world. Uh, let's start with the UK. 80% uh, of our peatlands are damaged. That's a big problem because they are emitting huge amounts of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and other greenhouse gases. Um, and as a result, they're a major contribution to climate change. There's more carbon stored in our soils in this country than in all of the uh, forests of France and Germany combined, uh, almost uh, the amount of carbon in forests of carbon uh, in the forests of uh, France, Germany, and the UK combined. So this is this is a big deal. Uh, it's important for water. It's important for wildlife. It's important for communities. These are iconic landscapes, uh, and we've got to do something about them. Um, but rather than me being the hero that is going to fix the, the world's peatlands, this is about working with government and with business to see how they could become that hero. So in some cases, this is working with individual ministers uh, and working out how that latest environment minister can become that hero with this huge legacy that says, you know what, I stood up uh, and I did something innovative uh, and I was responsible for kickstarting or taking the next important step towards saving our peatlands. And this is why this is so important and why, uh, why, why you can uh, regard me as, as a hero. Um, uh, also, politically, we've looked at this in terms of devolved administrations. So the, there are in the UK uh, lots of competing countries uh, as part of the union uh, and, uh, and actually going to Scotland and uh, explaining why this is the biggest problem of all for Scotland because Scotland's got more peatlands than anywhere else in the UK uh, and why Scotland can lead on this agenda it suddenly becomes quite attractive because Scotland wants to prove that it's better than England. Uh, in the same way with Wales, well, you know what, maybe uh, the, the nature of politics in Wales is so progressive that uh, this is something that you can lead on, that you can take these very first steps, you can design, you can do proof of concept, and you can show that actually Wales is leading this, this policy agenda, for example. Uh, the other uh, hero is, is business. 
uh, and the idea that uh, that actually, uh, as a business, I can partner with charities, with governments, uh, with landowners, uh, and I can do something that is going to make a difference. Uh, so uh, I may have done everything I can to try and transform my business to make it as green as I possibly can. Uh, I've run out of ideas. There's nothing else I can do. But you know what? I could do something radical here that is completely different than nobody else has done. Um, and I can be part of the story that means that my, my company, the money that we have generated is, is part of the solution to this huge problem. So uh, whether it's government or business, uh, I'm positioning myself as the guy that can help them uh, achieve those, uh, those, those goals. Well, not just me, uh, many other researchers um, uh, and third sector people who have that expertise, but we position ourselves collectively as guides in, in this story. For Fast Track Impact, uh, the hero of our story is the researchers who want to be first to discover something new or to use their work to change the world. Uh, this is not all about my research on research impact and how I'm going to change the world. This is about me as a guide. Uh, that's, uh, that's why I hope people tune into this podcast is to, to get that sense of, of direction, of motivation, of inspiration that makes you think, you know what, that thing that I, I desperately, desperately want to achieve, uh, whether it is my research uh, or my impact, whether it's about having that thinking time to be creative and to come up with that new way of doing things. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm tuning in here because I, I want that guidance, not because I want to help Mark change the world. Yeah, th this is very clear. So um, so for Fast Track Impact, for my Peatland work, um, for, uh, for um, Tolkien, this is uh, about the, the hero um, versus the guide. The second part of uh, our hero story is that our hero has a problem. Uh, and now there are lots of problems that we can locate, um, and I'm going to describe these on, on two levels. So there are external problems to us and our organizations, uh, and there are more internal problems. Uh, they could be more philosophical in nature, um, uh, they could be challenge-based. Uh, and I think that uh, where we can connect with um, at least some of these internal challenges as well as the external challenges, we instantly begin to connect with people at a much deeper level and we, we have a message that can resonate um, uh, and travel and that people will share. Um, essentially, the idea in the, in the hero story is that uh, our hero um, had peace once uh, and that peace has suddenly been disrupted. Um, and what we want is to get back to that peaceful place again. Uh, we want to regain that sense of meaning or purpose or clarity. Um, so uh, in Lord of the Rings, there is a ring of power. Um, it has come to light, um, and uh, and now if it is not destroyed, then um, then something bad is going to happen. Um, and the problem is that the only place where it can be destroyed is completely inaccessible, uh, a place, a kingdom called Mordor. Uh, in my peatland research, um, the, the problem is that governments have international obligations they have to meet, uh, and they have uh, their own ambitious targets that they're rapidly thinking that uh, these are not going to be met. This is, this is really a big challenge. How on earth are we going to do this? And we're not going to look good. Um, uh, uh, and so uh, can working with peatlands actually help solve that problem? Um, 
uh, working with businesses. Uh, you may have done everything you can to reduce your emissions at source. You may have done everything you can to green your business, um, but you know that you are still having a net negative impact on that environment. Uh, now, you're not going to be able to offset that um, through something like the work that, that I've developed, but you can clearly start to uh, do good um, and not just prevent the bad, but start to really make a make make up for that. Um, uh, uh, and this is potentially um, a, a way in which you can start to do some really phenomenal good in the environmental space. Uh, with uh, fast track impact, uh, I think the, the problem is, uh, is in fact impact. Uh, and so uh, impact, uh, I feel um, for myself, most other people feel it's another demand on my time. I do not have time to do all of my research and meet all of the crazy metrics and targets I've got for my research and do my teaching and do my admin and actually answer my emails and actually have this thing called work-life balance. It is a, it is a new pressure on my time uh, and as a result I don't feel like I get thinking time anymore. I feel like I, I, I've been metricized, monetized, managerialized to death and I no longer have academic freedom. Uh, and as a result, actually, I'm losing touch with my identity as a researcher. Uh, it feels all about the metrics. It feels like it's all about keeping my boss, my university uh, happy, uh, keeping keeping a job, uh, having a roof over my head, managing to be competitive enough for that next postdoc position. Um, uh, and that, for me, is 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 the problem that uh, that is at that that deep level that uh, that I think that that most of us are are all struggling with. Uh, and yes, I want to provide some solutions to the external challenge of, uh, yes, I want to achieve an impact. Um, uh, but how do I do that in a way that, that gives me the time to, to do everything else? The third part of our hero's story is that our character, who has a problem, meets a guide. Uh, most people on a, a, a kind of a psychological level don't want another hero to compete with them. They want a guide who can enable them to be the hero that they know is inside them. I, I know that if I just have enough time, if I can get my diary clear to go for a walk and get that thinking time, I will make that breakthrough. I will uh, work out how to do that incredibly challenging thing that nobody has yet worked out how to do. Uh, if I can get the, the time and the resource and the money to do that experiment that I've got designed in my head and on the grant application, I can do this. Uh, but 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 that is that is our challenge. Uh, we we need someone to give us the money, give us the resources, give us the ideas, give us whatever it is that we need to actually be that hero, achieve that goal. Uh, and so we're all looking for guidance. We're we're looking for resource. We're looking for 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 insight, for wisdom. Uh, in Lord of the Rings, um, Frodo meets Gandalf the Grey. Um, a wizard who knows all about rings and knows all about um, how to destroy them, which is a handy thing. Uh, in the Peatland research, uh, I have worked over the last uh, decade or two with the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, IUCN, and their UK Peatland programme. Uh, and this is an organisation who knows all about peatlands, um, it knows uh, about all of the research that's going on because it is connected to researchers from across disciplinary divides and around the world. It knows all the stakeholders who are involved in this, uh, whether or not they disagree or agree with each other. Uh, they know people across the policy community, including the international policy community, the practitioners, the business, etc. 
Uh, and if anyone is going to be able to help you find a way through the evidence uh, to find a way forward, this is the kind of organisation that, that you need as a guide. So for me, this is not about popping up and saying, hey, look at me, Mark Reed, I can do this. Actually, I know I cannot actually credibly uh, be that guide. And you know what? There are multiple other researchers out there who could be your guide who probably do a lot better job than me. Uh, so for me, this is uh, about aligning myself with an organization that can credibly be the guide um, at that kind of level. Um, uh, and so I am very part-time research lead for the IUCN UK Peatland program, um, playing my part, a small part, um, in uh, an organization that is now guiding people from across these different communities to do something amazing to restore um, and protect peatlands. In Fast Track uh, Impact, um, this is more about me and, uh, and my expertise and experience uh, and trying to make it clear that, that I don't just study research impact, I actually do it on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I've got experience, I've learned from my mistakes um, uh, and therefore I can help you uh, avoid the same mistakes um, uh, and, uh, and there is that sense of trust hopefully that here is a guide that, that might actually be able to help simplify this and make it really easy for me to achieve what I need to achieve uh, and be the hero in my own context to discover that new thing um, or, or to change the world in some way. Um, so, in theory, I can train you. You can go on my free online training, uh, you can get me into your university, you can use my free resources, um, and that will enable you to save the time that you need to actually achieve impact whilst having time to think, be creative, uh, and be the researcher that you have always fundamentally been. Number four, then, uh, is that uh, our character who has a problem uh, and meets a guide uh, that, that guide then gives them a plan of action. Uh, and there are two types of plans of action that we can give people, that we can think about when we're planning for impact. Um, uh, so, so great, you've worked out who your stakeholders are, your publics are, you've used, I should probably have mentioned this earlier, you, you've used something like my, my publics or stakeholder analysis tool to systematically work out who these people are and what their problem is. Um, uh, you have positioned yourself as the guide or you're helping some kind of knowledge intermediary or knowledge broker or boundary organization, whatever you want to call them, something like IUCN in my case. Uh, you've positioned yourself with them to now help these people you've identified who've got this problem. But it all falls flat if at that point everyone now is looking at you as the guide and you don't have a plan. You've got no idea what to do next. Um, people will turn away quite quickly and look for another guide. So what is your plan? Uh, two types of plan. Uh, the first is you need to have a plan that will enable people to engage more with you. Um, so how can uh, I enable these people to engage, to learn, to connect with me, to connect with others, to, to prepare themselves for what might come next? Uh, and also, um, what is the, the plan of action? Um, so, so great. Uh, maybe I don't quite feel ready for a plan of action yet, so I'm going to go with my plan of engagement. Yeah, I'll learn a bit more. I'll prepare myself. But for some people, you know what? Actually, I've done that. I'm ready. I need an action. Tell me what I can do and how I can do this. Be that guide who will hold my hand and enable me to achieve that incredible thing. So Gandalf tells Frodo who he will need to work with to achieve his goal and gives him directions to Rivendell to meet them and start the journey together. 
Uh, it's a twofold thing. Uh, there's a bunch of things he needs to learn um, uh, along the journey to Rivendell uh, that will prepare him for his uh, his journey. Uh, and when he gets to Rivendell, there will be a plan of action waiting for him. Uh, in my peatland work, uh, this has been, first of all, about engaging in a uh, year's worth of uh, events uh, a series of conferences that were held uh, annually to bring together more and more people from across the research community with people from across the policy community uh, and people from practice and business and the third sector. Uh, building that sense of community. Um, this is who we are. These are our very divergent opinions. This is uh, some evidence. Here is some different evidence. Um, this is where we think the evidence agrees. This is where it seems to diverge. Um, uh, uh, and uh, and then through that process of engagement, um, actually finding out, well, where is the convergence? Where Where are the things where we seem to agree with each other? And could we actually do something about that? Uh, so it led to what we called a commission of inquiry, um, which had a report with some clear policy actions. In Fast Track Impact, uh, this is uh, about engaging with me um, through social media or listening to my podcast uh, or my online resources, uh, my magazine, whatever it is. Uh, it's about coming to a training, whether that's just my online training or getting me into your university. Um, so some really simple things. Yeah, I'm not quite ready for just going out there and doing this. I need to learn some more. I need to think some more. I need to prepare. I need to practice. I need to get some tools and some skills um, so I can go with that engagement plan. Great. Um, uh, first step. Uh, but then um, uh, when you get to those resources, when you come to that training, you discover that there are some practical tools and approaches that actually lay out this really clear plan of action that you can achieve no matter what your experience level, your confidence level, the career stage you're at, the discipline you're in, here huh, is a plan of action. Maybe I could do this. So step five then um, is our guide, uh, gives us a plan. Uh, and actually calls us to action. So it's one thing having a plan in my head and another that actually someone calls me out and says, okay, how long have you been sitting on that idea? How long have you been wanting to do that? When are you actually going to do this? Um, uh, you are now accountable to that person and you actually say, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out at last. And it's surprising. Uh, if you just look back through your life, how many things have you sat on uh, as an aspiration? It's taken one event, one person, one conversation, something that has pushed you over the edge to actually say, you know what, I put this to the top of my to-do list and I do it today and I, I make something happen. So um, th there needs to be that call of action. If you're going to now... Um, position yourself to actually achieve impact and th not just have a bunch of talking workshops, uh, conversations, plans, online coolness. Um, uh, you actually turn that um, online influence into a real offline uh, impact. So what is your call to action? Uh, so in the case of Lord of the Rings, Frodo meets uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, a bunch of people um, who uh, will, in theory, help him to achieve what he needs to do. Um, but they're still talking about it. Um, they've got their workshop, um, and uh, it's descended into chaos. Uh, nobody uh, can decide on who should lead, what should they should do, where they should go, how they should destroy the ring. Um, and Gandalf just quietens them all and says, look, you've got to do something. Um, this is what I suggest you do. Here's my call to action. You've got to go to Mordor, and here is your leader. 
uh, Frodo is going to carry this ring. Um, get with this. Uh, so you've got this really crystal clear cutting through. This is maybe not the best idea. There are multiple ideas, but let's start with something, at least something, anything that will move us a few steps forward along this journey, and then we'll see what happens from here. Uh, it's a really clear call to action, and you've got someone actually waking people up to the craziness of the fact that they are still arguing about this to say, come on, guys, let's do something. Uh, in the case of Peatland, uh, this was uh, a set of specific policy actions that we put into uh, our commission of inquiry uh, and then working with different civil servants, um, ministers, uh, and just making people aware that there are some really clear things that you can do in this space, um, actual actions, actual policies that you can do that will meet all of your different needs. Um, and actually, uh, in the, the government space, I think the, the most exciting thing for me at this point in our journey was that we actually got um, all four of the devolved administration ministers to sign a joint letter of intent that said, uh, we are all committed now based on the evidence that does agree to start fixing peatlands across the UK. Um, now, that might not sound that impressive, but it was because um, uh, in the UK we have devolution. And so many years ago, we uh, now have um, uh, kind of elements of self-rule within each of the, the different parts of the country. And an environment is devolved. So Scottish government will make its own environment policy, uh, Northern Ireland, Wales and England. It's, it's, all, it's all different. Um, and uh, each of the, the devolved administrations have been fiercely uh, protective of those powers. Um, uh, and as a result, in environmental stuff, we've seen the four countries diverge. We can no longer look at trends and collect data across because they all measure different things in different ways and report them in different ways. Um, and, and actually, the problem is that the environment doesn't respect these administrative boundaries. And so for the first time in history since we had devolution, we had now all of these guys signing up to a joint set of statements that we want to work together across these boundaries to make something happen on peatlands. Um, in Fast Track Impact, um, the, the, the call to action uh, is contained in my book, if you read my book. Um, part two is um, five things you can do to actually put what you've learned in terms of the theory into practice. And at the end of each chapter, there are specific actions that you can do. Um, uh, if you come to one of my trainings, I will encourage you to sign up to uh, my follow-up training, uh, which is those five chapters that come to you one by one each week. And if you're reading the book, I'll encourage you to sign up to it um, uh, online. Uh, you get a wee video of me talking about it. You get links to all my resources. But crucially, you are being reminded um, uh, and you're holding yourself accountable. I signed up for these emails because I, I, I sat in that training. Um, I, I sat as I began reading this part of the book and said, you know what, I really do want this to actually inspire action. I don't just want to read a book. I don't just want to have gone to a training. Um, so, uh, so what can I do now um, to, to make this happen? I've signed up for these emails. There are tasks. Uh, am I going to do them? And next week, there's a bunch of new tasks. Can I do these, these, these specific actions? Uh, and I'm getting a call of action week on week and me on a video calling you to action, um, uh, hopefully making something happen. Uh, number six is that this helps us to avoid failure. Um, I think we all fear failure uh, and uh, we are much more likely to be remain engaged in this hero's story if we've got a stake uh, and a personal stake in that story. 
uh, we've got to show people that there is a cost of not acting uh, on that plan of action that we as guides have given them. And of course, you can ham this up, you can overplay your hand here. Um, uh, but I think it, it is worth giving some thought to this because it can make a difference. So Gandalf um, partly inspires them to set out by warning the Fellowship of the grave consequences of inaction for the whole of the world, and it all now rests on their shoulders. Uh, in Peatlands, uh, our Commission of Inquiry looked at the consequences of inaction on Peatlands, that if you don't do anything, then they're going to continue to erode, they're going to be even bigger problems of climate change, you're going to lose even more wildlife, there'll be bigger problems with flooding, with water quality, um, so we need to act now. And, uh, and of course, if you don't act, then there's going to be an even bigger problem that will be even more expensive to fix later on. And Fast Track Impact, uh, I warn everyone that I train of the dangers of getting impact wrong. Uh, I think that many of us are being extrinsically incentivized uh, by our institutions, by our governments, by our funders to engage in impact for the wrong reasons. And when we do that, we end up using people to get our impact. We are suddenly the hero of the story. Our, our focus has, has gone wrong. Um, and when we do that, we have the potential to bring the entire academy into disrepute. That could potentially be on our shoulders. Uh, and we can cause massive negative unintended consequences when we don't do impact for the right reasons. Uh, and moreover, we experience mission creep. And I ask people to just wake up to themselves and ask, you know, why ultimately did you come into research for the, for the, first, for the first time? What, what ultimately used to motivate you? Have you lost touch with those reasons? Um, uh, and, and do you feel like you are now actually becoming a slave to this academic machine? Well, look, you have agency in this. You can fight back against this. You can say, you know what, I do what I do for my reasons. I can be a fundamentally curiosity-driven, creativity-driven researcher and not actually want to change the world. And actually, from that place of meaning and identity, I can, if I want to, and only if I want to, engage with impact and be enthralled by the wonder of the questions I get to answer, uh, the challenges that I have to overcome, uh, the people who I meet to expand my thinking and my horizons as a result of engaging with impact. And you know what? The cherry on the cake is I make someone's life better. I, I change the world as well. Huh. Amazing. Um, uh, and so, so there is this, 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 this uh, internal threat um, in terms of losing touch with ourselves, I would argue, that, uh, that, that we face, um, partly because of the impact agenda, uh, and this external threat to how we as, uh, as experts are increasingly perceived beyond the academy. And we have to do something to avoid this, uh, which is why I argue that you need the kind of approach that, that, that I take and that increasingly others are taking, which has empathy at its heart. This is, this is not about a toolbox, a toolkit approach. It's about putting people back at the heart of impact. Uh, and then the final part um, is that, uh, of course, uh, our character, uh, our hero, who's got a problem, who meets a guide that gives them a plan of action and calls them to that action, uh, helps them to avoid failure and helps them, in the end, to achieve success. And I think it's important to actually work that out, envision that. Don't assume that people will know how working with you will actually change their lives, how you will actually be able to enable their organisation to achieve their goals at a new level based on your evidence. You have to spell it out. You have to be explicit. You've got to visualise that end point in as powerful and resonant and inspiring a way that you can. Uh, and now people have got this whole thing in their head. They can visualize themselves as that hero achieving what they want to. Uh, and they stay with you. They help, uh, help themselves to your advice as that guide.
So in uh, The Lord of the Rings, Frodo ultimately destroys the ring. Uh, in our peatland work, we now have a UK peatland strategy with an English and a Scottish, etc., um, uh, country plans um, and, uh, under that UK umbrella. We've got a UK-wide peatland code that is enabling businesses to partner with government and with landowners and with uh, third sector organisations to fix peat bogs across the country. And we're now working with the United Nations to look at how these kinds of tools could enable us to get more money from both public and private sector sources to rise to the scale of the challenge of degraded peatlands around the world. In fast track impacts, um, uh, there is this 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 end um, uh, in success that it is your end, whatever that end might be, and is completely different for each person. But I'm asking you at the beginning of the process, when you start reading my book, when you come onto my training course, um, one of the first exercises that, that you do to visualize what is it that I want to achieve? What, what might be that goal that would actually fundamentally inspire and motivate me and benefit others? Um, and now, how can I reach that? And how can I keep that in mind so it continues to inspire me? Um, as a result, um, now with my uh, Fast Track Impact um, uh, case study, uh, I've got evidence that we've reached uh, almost 5,000 researchers now in 55 countries uh, for over 200 organisations. 95% uh, of the trainers that uh, of the researchers that I train change their approach to impact in response to my course. 62% uh, of them say that they achieve new impacts within six months of doing my course as a direct result of that training. Um, and uh, in the last financial year, uh, we as a company had an annual turnover of uh, just shy of a quarter of a million pounds, making us the largest training company in the world dedicated to research impact. When you have that hero's story in mind and uh, you make your stakeholders and your publics the hero of that story and you position yourself as the guide, then you can enable those publics and stakeholders to achieve things they never dreamt were possible. Uh, we can position ourselves as guides who can, with fairly limited amounts of time, use our expertise to the most powerful ends we can possibly imagine and enable them to achieve incredible things. And when the focus is on their story, then actually at the end of it, you look back on that hero's story and you see your role. You see actually how you as a guide made that possible and how that quite well may not have been possible without your help. And you have a, that sense of heroism yourself. Um, so this is inspiring for me. This is, this is powerful. We need to understand the power of story, not just to write better talks and better articles, the power of story to actually direct and empower us to achieve impact. <laughs>